Well, economies are refusing to give in. Resilience is definitely the word of the year, and it's still there with US GDP revised upwards, US bond yields reacting accordingly. Even the weekly jobless claims showed for last week fewer people making a claim, and resilience in Australia too, because too many people are eating out. Hard to argue you're struggling as you tuck into that smashed avocado on toast every Saturday morning. So, more from central banks for longer. Alas, could European inflation add to the woes today? It's Friday the 30th of June 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, big moves back up in bond yields today. 10-year treasuries are up 13 basis points, up 14 in Canada, 10 in Germany, 11 in France, just six for the UK. But there's much more going on at the front end of the curve, particularly in the United States. Two-year treasuries up 17 basis points, although just nine basis points higher uh, for two-year bonds in Germany. Uh, so uh, higher at the 10-year level. Uh, stocks are higher in the United States, except for the Nasdaq. It's down 0.4% uh, at close. It's been most of the session in the red. The Dow is up. 0.8% though the S&P 500 is up half a percent banks did particularly well uh, today because they passed the Fed stress test so JP Morgan they must have passed because they got uh, their shares up 3.3% Wells Fargo up 4.5% they must have got a distinction uh, and stocks mixed in Europe though the Eurostox 50 is up a quarter percent the DAX just in the red the FTSE 100 closed down 0.4% add another 0.4% to the strengthening US dollar uh, aided today by 0.4% drop in the euro that uh, helped the Aussie climb 0.3% up to 66.2 US cents the pound is down 0.2% and oil climbing up a little further up 0.3% for Brent a little over $74 now WTI is up 0.2% getting close to 70 there was a big drawdown in stocks in the US last week down 9.6 million barrels so that helps explain the rise a little bit perhaps but it's really bonds today do you remember there was a time when they moved so slowly that we rarely talked about them Certainly not the case now, is it? NAB's Gavin Friend is in London. He's been watching what's happening overnight. So he saw yields moving much higher in the US uh, because not the news the Fed wants to see. GDP, and this is a revision, it's been revised up in the final read, up to 2% Q on Q for quarter one. Real consumer spending was up 4.2% Q on Q. This is an economy where people are still out there splashing the cash aren't they morning phil yeah another day and another move higher in yields mm. um and to your point um upward revision in gdp for q1 we should say that this is q1 yeah it's a while uh, ago where 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 uh, we're approaching the end of q2 at the moment everybody knew q1 was strong yeah um but you know um i i think that as we've seen, the main driver of, of high yields um, over the last few sessions has been this repricing of major central bank terminal rates as central banks from the Fed, the ECB, the Bank of England and others make it clear they feel they have further to go and that rates will stay higher for longer. That's important, I think, for their markets, as we've seen, have been pushing up peak rates. Uh, and though there has been some notable pushing out or delaying of rate cuts, one gets the sense from, you know, the recent most recent rhetoric from from you know the Powell, Lagarde, and Bailey this week that they perhaps don't feel that markets are on the same plane in terms of rates staying as high for as long as they do, and so you know today's today's price action. The more you see evidence or apparent evidence of economic strength, 
and it came through there with the GDP revision, 2%, um, Q and Q. That was up from 1.3, so it was quite a big jump. And consumption, as you noted, you know, the driver again to 4.2%, up from 3, 3.8%. And then we had the weekly claims. We've had three weeks of this series running. Yeah, and this is, I'll fade you down just for a second because the vacuum cleaner, I can see the cleaning in the office while you're trying to do this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this is last week's numbers. And, you know, so this is a concern. This is because, again, it's heading in the wrong direction, isn't it? Back to you, Gavin, and the vacuum cleaner. Well, we had thought three weeks of 260 plus. Um, that was the trend. We've just again. Let's just let's just caution. One week of dropping back to two thirty odd. You know that doesn't make a trend. We'll see where this goes. Um, uh, but it doesn't really matter because on the day uh, it's all playing to the same into the same direction in terms of yields and fits with what central bankers have been saying, which is we don't see rate cuts and we see rates higher for longer. And markets are being pushed and pushed and pulled in that direction. Um, so we've got two-year yields now in the US almost back up to where they were prior to the uh, to the um, uh, SVB collapse. Um, and it's interesting that markets are now, you know, we heard from the Fed two weeks ago that for most members, they see the likelihood of two additional rate hikes uh, this year. That's something that, that Powell was banging on about this week and was saying that he wouldn't rule out back-to-back moves. Maybe, I mean, I wasn't sure he was actually giving away much at all, really. He, he, it seemed to me at the time when I heard them, he was pushing back against the question at the time, which was, well, perhaps you're going to move one month, miss a month, and go again. And he just gave that kind of typical, typical central bank retort. But he could equally have said, well, look at the data this week. You know, we've had strong durable goods. We had strong consumer confidence numbers. Everything has come in on the high side. Um, and so, you know, that story of resilience in the U.S. Yeah. is very much alive. It's getting reinforced, isn't it? And, and, and yeah. One of the concerns, greedflation, you know, companies putting up their prices too much and, and adding to inflation. So we look at corporate profits, Q on Q, for Q on down 5.9%, although uh, that was less of a fall than expected. But interesting, none of this, you know, everything we've been talking about, it's not reflected in equity markets is it i mean that you know up again today this is though they've ignored the gdp uh, they've ignored the you know the, the expectations that the fed is going to have to do more they keep on pushing well up. they do and we've talked before about the narrowness of this move up but on the day you might argue uh higher yields yes but anything that's driven because of economic strength means that the economy yeah. is more resilient and able to withstand the higher yields. And I think that was why. All the harder it falls. That's the, <laughs> that's the other possible, isn't it? Now, look, guess, I mean, because it is a concern. I mean, we, we normally, normal times, it would be good. But I mean, if it just forces higher interest rates, then at some point, because that is the end game, isn't it? To see that resilience disappear. So talking about jobs, a bit of Australian data. First of all, a 2% fall in Australian job vacancies for the three months to May. So a bit of easing in the job market but you know not much and it, and it is still very high i mean as, as tapas was talking about uh, yesterday i think wasn't it 1.2 unemployed people per vacancy pre-covid it was three people per vacancy i mean that is a a magnitude of difference still and it sort of echoes the u.s experience where you know they've also seen this high spike in vacancy straight after covid and only slowly coming back down again that is a sort of a phenomenon we're seeing in many parts of the world it is. Um, and, you know, job vacancies are still 89% above their pre-pandemic levels in Australia. So yeah. you can't 
in any way, shape or form describe that as anything other than very tight. Yeah, and then add the retail numbers to that yesterday because they, I mean, May sales up 0.7% after a flat April. So this is way more than expected. So another resilient economy, clearly. Yeah, surging, mm. um, 0.7. I mean, that shows a resilient consumer and it pushes back on the idea that the economy was perhaps slowing a little more the idea of you know that was that was that's been sort of moving around that story retail one, once again you know the driver of this is resilient spending in meals out and takeaways i mean that's been a consistent feature rising uh, 1.4% in this latest month for 12 12.7% year on year you compare that yeah. to a year ago and it was up 7.5% so it just keeps giving doesn't it and also and that 12 point, that that 12.7% is against a 7.7% increase in prices so even though prices have gone up quite a lot people are still eating out i mean that i mean and eating out uh, well, it's eating out and takeaway isn't it but either case You've got a bit of spare cash in your wallet if you can uh, if you can up your spending on that. Well, that's what uh, Australians are choosing to spend it on, aren't they? But yeah. actually, there was also a bounce in discretionary good good spending, um, so called other rentals that was up two point two percent of the month, and household goods retailing was up another point six. Uh, I mean, all up it, but it basically, um, you know, you think about the other data we've had this week, the monthly CPI for May, lower on the headline, but it was the core that matters. And yeah. uh, that was, you know, that was strong, all points to or consistent with our call for um, a further hike or hikes by the RBA. We've got uh, another two penciled in to 4.6% over the coming months. Right. The first one next week, presumably. Indeed. I mean, Indeed. I mean it was finally balanced last time, but I mean, the, all of this data tips the balance, doesn't it? I mean, clearly. Uh, and then, so yeah, so I mean, more from the Fed, the RBA, yeah, still on track because the economy's not slowing. And then German inflation, it's rising. Uh, 6.4% is the headline rate for June, up from 6.1%. I mean, the, the headline was expected to, to rise a little bit, but not that much. No, but we need to be careful with these numbers because um, Germany gave a really large discount on uh, train fares a year ago, and that's dropped out of the annual comparison. That's really why we've got this base effect to move back up at the moment. Um, uh, and so from that point, you know, a little bit disappointing, and it does kind of, you know, skew um, the Eurozone numbers that we're likely to get today. But I think people are in the round um, aware of the story, which is disinflation at the headline level in Europe. It is coming down, um, but it's that stubbornness in the core numbers driven by wages and profits, um, you know, and that's expected to continue. And that's why for the Eurozone numbers today, you know, the market's really looking for a drop in the headline by four tenths or so to um, about 5.6, 5.7, but then, a two-tenth rise in the uh, in the core rate. I mean, the other, the encouraging thing we got from Europe on Thursday was Spanish inflation. Um, yeah, that uh, that came in at one point seven percent. Yeah, I'll repeat one point seven percent from I know, three point two below the two percent target. Indeed, yeah. indeed. And yet, and yet, their two-year yields edged up a bit. Uh, but I guess it doesn't matter how low the inflation is no. in Spain. I mean, they're still under the control of the ECB, so their rates are still going up anyway. Yeah, I mean, this is, this tells you about, you know, the patchwork of Europe, you know. Uh, I mean, mm. Europe, uh, obviously, after the Russia invasion of, of Ukraine, um, you know, um, an exogenous shock on energy prices. Spain really didn't, um, it, it, it's not beholden to Russian uh, energy in any way, shape or form. It's a fairly warm climate, you know, over the winter. It didn't it didn't really need much in terms of heating. So everything was good for Spain. It's also had it's also 
benefit from fairly stable uh, food uh, prices as well. So that's the good story. We can look at other countries across or other member states in Northern Europe where you've got inflation above 10%. You know, and so, uh, you know, in aggregate, we are where we are, um, and, and Spain is the exception. Um, but, 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 disinflation that could move to outright deflation in Spain in the coming months. Mm. One and size fits be, all. Yeah, that'd be an interesting problem to have, wouldn't it? I was just thinking maybe we all just adopt the Spanish lifestyle. You know, we'd rather than being out spending and producing, we just have a siesta, middle of the afternoon, see if that slows down the economy. I mean, what could, what could be wrong with that? Uh, look, we'll see what all of that uh, inflation numbers uh, brings today because, of course, we get the euro area inflationary. We also get it for France and a few other places. But we, we can actually get quite a, a, a good indicator of just how, what direction and the speed of travel for the European economy because it's not just that, is it? We get German retail sales. We get import prices. We get the unemployment rate for Germany and for the euro area as well. So quite a bit of data out from the euro area today. Yeah, there is. Um, and I think we you know just discussed what's, what we think is going to happen. On the um, on the on the inflation side, I think markets inflation are also side. going to be very uh, interested in what comes out of uh, Japan in terms of the Tokyo inflation and in yes. China the on activity basis the PMIs. Um, everybody's focused on that. You know, we know. Yeah, we will know. they get over? Will they get over fifty? Forty-eight point eight was the June number for manufacturing, wasn't it? So a sector actually in decline. I mean, if we see more weakness, then that that's going to hurt the Aussies. Uh, isn't it? Well, I guess I, I yeah, that that's the that's the way it's been running. I think the market's mm. probably well primed now for disappointment from China. That's been the run, um, and I think you know the path of least resistance now is on that side. But if if we were for any chance to get something better. That would be a positive surprise, but um, it's normally in the Kaishin numbers where we're not getting that, you know, they won't come out yeah. for a few days yet. And then the focus is going to be on uh, the big number of the week, uh, PC. core PC out of the US. Yeah. I mean, if that really does stick, which are many predicting it will, at 4.7%, or if it goes up from that, uh, I mean, then we really do know we've got trouble looming, don't we? Well, we did get a sort of a glimpse in the um, uh, GDP numbers. They're a bit bit lagged, of course, but that suggested um, in the revised numbers a tenth off uh, inflation. Uh, Chair Powell was speaking. He's in Europe at the moment. Uh, he was at the ECB conference this week and he gave a speech on Thursday at the Bank of Spain and for some reason talked about 4.7% in the sense that almost as if he was telling us what it was going to be. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the point is, as he, he told, he said at the last uh, press conference, uh, the Fed, that um, the Fed has been disappointed. You know, core PC has been um, sitting around 4.6, 4 4.7, 4 4.8% for the last uh, few months now. It's just really, really not going anywhere. It nearly, really needs to come down. So, um you know, mm. I, you know. It would, I think it would be a surprise if it came down uh, much, um, and, and I think that's why markets are, you know, are moving the way they are. And it certainly would be a yeah. surprise if we got even two, you know, one or two tenths off of that. I think it would be, you know, you, you'd start to see a market reaction on that. Yeah, we start to see bonds moving the other way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, Plus, and the dollar, yeah. So, plus uh, uh, Michigan consumer sentiment today, including the inflation expectations there overnight tonight, uh, CoreLogic house prices too. The Bank of Canada business outlook 
I tell you what, there's no shortage of fascinating reading uh, over the next 24 hours and uh, lots to move markets, that's for sure. But we'll leave it there for now. Good, Gavin. Thank you. And if you are the facilities manager at NAB in London, you must be very pleased that they do such a good job cleaning the floor uh, because we heard it all today. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Uh, We'll be back in a quieter environment, hopefully, on Monday morning. I'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening.